Hey, everybody. I'm Lacey J, host of the Spry Space podcast. For the next few months, you're in for a treat. We've rounded up the best episodes of the podcast and we're replaying them here. We hope you enjoy. Have a good listen. Welcome. Welcome to the Spry Space podcast. I'm Lacey and today I'm joined by the amazing Mr. Chad and we've got a special guest today. Amy Ert is here. Amy runs the successful Facebook group FBG Milwaukee Chit Chat. And from what we've found of Amy, she is an embodiment of social media for good. She uses the platform to bring neighbors in Milwaukee, Oregon together to support each other. The group's got over 7,000 people in it. And from what we from what we can see, it's a bit of a respite where people can find productive, helpful conversations that actually turn into material support in real life. So welcome, Amy, to the Spry Space podcast. We're so happy to have you here. Thank you. Happy to be here. How is everybody doing today? Chad, Amy, how are you both feeling today? Doing great. Yeah, it's a busy day and it's not raining outside. So I'm super, super psyched about that. And when we're thinking about social media over the last week, I just have to ask if either of you have a piece of social media content that has brought you joy throughout this week. Amy, what about you? Uh, the Bernie Sanders memes and gifts kind of finally sucked me in. So after seeing so many of them, they they did just get hilarious. I loved it so much. I had a couple clients ask this week, you know, we sometimes when there's a big event like this, we will kind of pause content for a few days to wait for this ripple to happen. And so somebody was asking, hey, you know, we've got a video. When's it coming out? I'm like, listen, the inaugural ripple is almost over. Um, You know, it's almost time to start posting again. So Bernie was the ripple this (laughs) this time. And we have to say, we had a team meeting yesterday, and um, Lacey had to get up to go to the bathroom, and our coworker Adrian took a, a picture of our Zoom call with uh, Lacey's empty seat and put Bernie Sanders in her seat right there. It was so <laughs> brilliant and so funny. So, Amy, we talk about social media for good on our side a lot, and how it works with the accounts that we help manage, but. Honestly, you know better than all of us how to actually attain this in practice. So I'm hoping that you can start by telling us a little bit about the group that you manage. Can you kind of give us an introduction to the group? Sure. So going way back, probably about five years ago, uh, things really started out of the Buy Nothing group. So Buy Nothing became uh, very, very active here in our local Milwaukee, Portland metro area. Um, that's probably for several reasons. One, it's just, it's an awesome mission of just kind of sharing what you have with your neighbors and um, without judgment or expectation. So they have some great kind of foundational rules in that community. Uh, However, there was, felt like kind of a gap missing as far as just being able to chat with your neighbors too, which is understandable because that's not their mission. They're just gifting, hyper-local gifting. It really formed bonds and real friendships just out of that group. And my friend Kayla started a the Milwaukee Chit Chat page, or not page group, after the Oregon City Chit Chat group, kind of modeled it after that. And when we got to about 200 members, you could see the magic kind of happening. It was just, it's just, it was amazing. Really, it felt like a small town within a large city. I mean, we have 20,000 people in Milwaukee, but if you count the unincorporated areas in Portland Metro, it's huge. So this felt like a small town um, you know, kind of gathering place online. And Kayla had some um, personal things that pulled her away from group for a while. And so she just asked if I could admin it. 
And so I took over when we were probably about 200, 300 members. And those core group of members really just kind of took on a life of its own. They really built um, the community and the culture from the start in there. And so that's, that's how it got started. Tell us a little bit about the name of the group, the purpose of the group, and if that purpose or mission has evolved over time or if it's stayed more um, consistent from the beginning when you just started at that couple hundred member mark. The name, the full name of the group is Milwaukee Chit, FBG Milwaukee Chit Chat 97222-97267. And the reason that we add on those zip codes is because our zip codes are already uh, in place so that mail carriers can move around in and kind of easy neighborhoods to deliver mail. And so it makes sense for people living in that community because we really focus on supporting small businesses and nonprofits and our neighbors just hyper locally here. So zip codes kind of already have that definition. Now people living outside of those zip codes are welcome in the group. However, we focus mainly business advertising must be like in that community. We do have recommendations from, um, surrounding communities. The mission has evolved and the, the culture and the goals of the group have evolved over time as we've gotten bigger and bigger. Um, it's, it's, been, it's been a long, uh, long haul, but it's been really fun and, um, and challenging at times because for, as you probably know, Portland Metro has been dealing with a housing and homeless and poverty crisis for many years. It, a lot of the bottom half of our income earners never really recovered from the Great Recession. So we hit, um, you know, the tail end of the recession and then Portland Metro became super popular. And we, for several years, we had more people coming from out of state buying mm-hmm. property here. So we went from, you know, you could buy a house for a couple hundred thousand to now, you know, the medium home sale price in Milwaukee is upwards of 400,000. And our base income level is still 55 to 61,000. So there's this huge gap in housing prices and availability for people that grew up in Clackamas County, people that grew up in Milwaukee and have family here and have their support systems here that really struggle to pay bills and really struggle to. So that's, that's been, you know, what we've been kind of challenged with for the last five years. So this group evolved over being able to create space for neighbors to ask and receive support and become kind of their own community and their own support system. And just, there's so many neighbors that have done that. Um, And it's been, it's been amazing to see. So communication has been the kind of number one driving factor because healthy communication is kind of the base for being able to, um, to connect with people. You know, if you don't have a base of healthy communication, it's really hard to talk about difficult subjects or meet the needs of our community that, you know, are really challenging needs and have been for a long time. So, um, so Facebook kind of saw that actually early on, I think we were around 2000 members and, um, they kind of saw, I think, what was happening in our group as far as it, we were facing a lot of housing crises and uh, housing crisis and economic um, struggles. And we were really pulling together. Our members were really, our neighbors were really pulling together to help support each other. So our group was uh, invited to and flown out to Facebook headquarters along wow. with about 400 other um 
community leaders in North America. So these were community leaders of all different types of communities. There's probably only half a dozen, a dozen other neighborhood specific groups okay. that were invited. Um, and I wrote our essay, our entry essay on poverty in our area because it's just that was one of our biggest needs and one of one of the challenges that we were trying to um i wouldn't say solve but just address with our mm -hmm. neighbors like how do we navigate this struggle you know if you have neighbors that are telling other neighbors to shoot people who are going through their cans mm. you know ten dollars to pay bills or to you know just it it gets really challenging so communication is kind of at the core and um and you know building healthier communication so i have uh, like a decade of experience in uh, behavioral health um, professional and training in behavioral health yeah that's what i wanted to ask i'm going to bring you back to the facebook thing in a little bit but I, that's the biggest thing i wanted to ask is when chad you brought up amy and this group as an option to highlight as social media for good that's one of the biggest things that that chad brought in is the healthy communication that was able to be happening and we didn't i mean seven thousand people getting them to communicate kindly to each other especially during all of the chaos that's been happening i mean chad was that one of the big reasons why you would say that you brought amy and her group to the table too Definitely. And, um, you know, I live in the 97267 zip code. And, <clears throat> and so I've kind of been watching the chit chat group for a long time. It was my wife who said, we were talking about the various groups, whether it's next door or, or lots of other groups and how they can go awry and they can, you end up dealing with uh, lots of people who are not communicating very efficiently or very well. And my wife said, hey, you got to really got to check out this one. They do a really good job and they keep things in check. And so, I, yeah, I've been a member for a year and a half now or so. And it's it's a very pleasant experience to read about your neighborhood and not have all of the the terrible back and forth that, that goes on. So we wondered, you know, I wondered, what, how on earth are they keeping a group like that so healthy? And so I think, Amy, that you've shared a lot about your background, and I think that is probably part of it. Do you mind kind of going into detail about what some of your experiences have been prior to working with this group that you think have probably led to the group maintaining that healthy communication style? Yeah. So I have... 10 years of professional experience and training in behavioral health. I'm not licensed. I'm more of a peer support specialist. And I've worked at a lot of different facilities and a lot of different organizations um, that addressed addiction, homelessness, homelessness, poverty, dual diagnosis, um, resource referrals for kind of at-risk populations. So I draw on a lot of that decade of experience of running groups and in real life mm. and also my experience specifically with DBT, which is dialectical behavioral therapy. Um, so it's core principles, which, which are, are just kind of for a lot of people, I think, um, self-evident. Uh, so it's core mindfulness, which is just being able to observe your own thoughts and feelings, interpersonal effectiveness. How effective are you at communicating, uh, distress tolerance, and then emotional regulation. So those are like the staples of, of DBT. And drawing from, I think, those kind of core communication um, principles helps people in large groups or in, in groups 
talk about really difficult things because we don't avoid difficult subjects in group. We tend to dive right in and that can be uncomfortable, but just because it's uncomfortable doesn't mean that it's unhealthy. And it doesn't mean that it's always mm. healthy either, but do we give people the space to kind of reflect on what they're saying and how they're saying and what they want to say? Like, what do you want to communicate? How can you communicate that in a healthier way? Because we're dealing in our neighborhood, in our community with really, really difficult subjects and really difficult circumstances. And that was happening prior to the pandemic. And then when the pandemic started, that's a whole other can of worms. And then mm -hmm. we have protests and riots and a lot of, you know, we have almost a 50-50 divide from political views in, in our county. And so navigating neighbors who have so many different perspectives can be really challenging. And we don't want to shut down conversation because frankly, that seems like what has been happening in the past decade is that people just don't talk about difficult subjects. Because just isolate. Right. And mm -hmm. so trying to get people to kind of be able to hear each other really does come down to that foundation of, of communication. And so we have very specific guidance for communication. And that does not mean that I communicate perfectly. I have had to <laughs> throw lots of time in group and say, I wasn't feeling very well and sorry. And, you know, I could have said that better. And I think modeling and, and having other community members also be able to say, I could have said that better. And, you know, here, I'm going to try that again. I think that that helps us be able to talk about the really difficult subjects and go through those really difficult times because we're talking global pandemic, riots, protests in you know Portland, we all saw um, with the worst air quality in the world for weeks. I mean, I don't think that people really understand how, how much that affects our neighbors and how much that affects people when you can't breathe anywhere you go. Like you have to drive six plus hours to be able to get air, breathable air, um, and fires. We had 40,000 people evacuated from our, our county from the fires. And all of this was kind of overlapping of, you know, our homelessness and housing crisis and poverty crisis in our area that had been building for years and then pandemic and, you know, all of these things. And so trying to navigate a community that's organizing resources, organizing support, asking for support, offering support, to their neighbors and also just, hey, what's a good restaurant I can go to that's <laughs> got outdoor seating preferably right now. But, mm -hmm. you know, navigating all of those conversations is really, really challenging. And I, I do have to say that I, I think I kind of um, poached Jenna from Buy Nothing. She's one of our admins early on, I think when we started hitting, I can't remember exactly what, <laughs> what challenging situation it was, but at some point I reached out for Jenna to help and Kayla kind of came, was able to come back on and help and be a lot of um, support oftentimes in the background, because it is hard to put yourself out there in front of 7,000 of your neighbors. So a lot of the admin team, we're a team and I don't blame them also for not all, always wanting to put themselves out there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's not easy. Um, and then we had Shaniqua and Megan and Rebecca all join as well. And it just kind of fell into place as far as the people that also have a lot of experience with um, just human 
nature and communication and brought a lot to the table as far as, you know, skills and support, um, they joined the team. And so they're, they've been a huge support. And, and then I really have to give a shout out to our long time and really active members, because when, when I'm going through it or when we're all going through it, um, sometimes I'll just say so openly in group and there's so many members and I can think of several names, but I'm hesitant to say them because then I won't say somebody else's and (laughs) terrible, but there's so many members that will post then something that will bring the community together, community together. They'll post something positive or they'll, you know, they just help support because it it can be really difficult to have the conversations that we have or address the, crises and the needs that we have in our community. And you kind of, you have to balance that with respite. You have to balance that with some joy or find the joy, find the laughter, find the humor, find the Bernie Sanders memes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you have to balance that too with, you have other people from other political perspectives. So mm-hmm. how do we navigate, you know, what's funny to who? And mm-hmm. um, so, yeah. So, it's- so, One thing that I've been thinking about as we're listening is, you know, we're super curious about just all the aspects that lead to the overall success of your group. So some of the things that I hear you saying are, first of all, you've got a very strong background in communication skills and navigating difficult conversations already. Second, you've got a pretty strong set of community guidelines that guide those communications from a structural standpoint. It sounds like you've also got a really good admin team who are all you know, on the same page and have the same shared vision for the group. A question that I have is how much maintenance does it take? You know, how often do you have to be monitoring all the conversations and redirecting or how do you do that in a way that is efficient and effective and doesn't drain every bit of your energy out of you? (laughs) Okay, that is a great question. (laughs) My goal is to be as lazy of an admin as possible. (laughs) If I can be lazy, that means that the group has built a culture that is Mm self-sustaining, that we don't need, you know, an admin team for the most part, because so we actually had several people offer to admin that I would have loved to kind of pull onto the team. However, at the time that they were offering, the community kind of took care of itself. So we could, our admin team kind of stepped back a little and um, that's the way I would prefer it. So when things get really challenging, sometimes we have to turn on post-approval and I would prefer to have that off because when post-approval is off, the community, that, that usually signifies that the community has built or has enough built-in culture that people know what what to post and what not to and and kind of how to communicate themselves so yeah i um i would prefer to do not much work (laughs) i would just like to enjoy and participate in the community i like to um to just be part of the community, be a neighbor and be a member of the community. And I think with really strong guidelines and structure and having having most of our members kind of be on the same page and know what our ultimate goal is, which is written in the new member questions. I mean, we've we've literally put that everywhere we possibly can um, on, you know, this is our goal is to uh, to improve communication skills because I that's a that's an ongoing goal I still do it every day uh, you know everybody kind of can always and and it's not a it's not a just a upward to you know you have setbacks it goes up and down mm-hmm. so um 
How often do conversations have to be redirected? Well, it depends. Uh, (laughs) In the height of things, I think over the summer, it was nonstop. It was 24-7. Every thread kind of was almost a fire to try and put out or redirect. And a a lot of groups uh, take took the approach of either saying no politics or just deleting things or turning on post-approval and not allowing those conversations to happen, which I can understand that approach. However, I felt like what I saw overall on social media, overall in life is that there's just this fracture. Either you Mm -hmm. go to your corners and your echo chambers or we shut down the conversation. We don't talk about anything that's difficult and hard. And I just felt like there had to be another way like we and and to be perfectly honest online in these groups is probably the best place to have those conversations because if you're in a city hall meeting or you know and everybody's in person kind of screaming at each other it can it can get harder to have group conversations but this medium this forum of you know, being able to kind of write things out and also to be able to understand, like, here's our guidelines for we're not going to name call and we're not going to use negative sarcasm. And I say negative sarcasm because we all like to joke a little, but there's a difference between being at a comedy show with your friends or in like a, you know, joke and meme group and a group with your neighbors. Like that's different. That's a different avenue. It's a different arena for communication. And so you can't just throw out a kind of negative or sarcastic meme or, or sarcastic comment because it's not, you don't, it's not going to land the same that it would in a different area and a different, you know, with your friends. So I think kind of getting everybody on the same communication page and understanding, you know, this is, this is what the type of communication that will work if we're going to talk about these difficult subjects, which we have to, because when your city is literally on fire you can't not talk about it. You know, when you have protests at the street corner, you can't not talk about it. When you have a global pandemic and your local businesses are being shut down, you can't not talk about it. I mean, I'm, I suppose some communities can, but frankly, I think that the communities that have the privilege to not be able to talk about that tend to be wealthier communities. They tend to have stability economically in their areas so people can just you know meet their own basic needs and navigate things a little differently but when you are in a community group in an area that has been faced with so many challenges you don't have the privilege of not talking about it our members and our neighbors had to talk about things so well, that I want to dial it back then um, on this topic to back to when you went out to Facebook, when Facebook brought you out and you were there with other groups. And, you know, you mentioned how you feel like your group was really in um, a minority compared to the other types of groups and the things that they dealt with. And tell us a little bit about that trip to Facebook and um, what kind of things you experienced there and maybe a different perspective you might have gotten even on your own group after looking at some of these other successful Facebook groups. Well, first of all, it was amazing. And since the very beginning of that, we've learned so many different, just by connecting with other um community leaders and and admin has been amazing because you're able to share what works, what doesn't work, different ways of doing things, um, different group structure. So I learned a, a lot just from that experience and connecting with so many people. And 
there's so many people that lead just wonderful, amazing communities. So it was a wonderful experience. Facebook headquarters is just kind of how you would imagine it. <laughs> fun. And um, they put us up in nice hotels and fed us really well. And we, we did um, a lot of seminars and, and got to meet each other. And, and then we have a you know private group for just summit members. And it, it was an amazing experience. The specific neighborhood groups that were chosen along with mine tended to be higher income and have, you know, lower housing costs, which are pretty much the two biggest factors for how a community, how much a community is struggling, you know, really depends on what what the income level is and, and what the housing costs are. And so there were you know, one or two other groups that kind of came close, but they tended to be like a coastal community in the state that has the most millionaires ever and maybe, and and a more spread out density. So they were, you know, two hours away from their major city. Um, And in different communities, you have already kind of population density and so many different factors kind of come in and politics, a lot of different factors come into to what affects neighborhood, specifically neighborhood or location-based groups on Facebook. And it was difficult. I think I have to say I did get a lot, I do get a lot of support from a lot of the other community leaders that I met at Facebook and that have all different types of groups, but specifically neighborhood groups. So there, I do have a lot of support and a lot of understanding. I think that it can be a challenge to share the needs of my community with the needs of some of their communities because the needs are different on a structural level from what features we need or how we use them or the tools that Facebook provides. And it can be a challenge to, to try and express like what it's like to have a repeatedly posted in group that you know somebody that's houseless is living under your tree you know, or that there's a tent city that has popped up, you know, a block away from your kid's school bus stop, you know, or just the, or just neighbors that have never, ever thought that they were going to face housing or being able to pay their bills, not being able to, and then reaching out to the community or, or direct messaging me because I'm so vocal and because I'm so front and center. I mean, I get thousands of messages and DMs from people who can't afford medical care or their bills or they're about to be evicted. And they never, you know, these are some people in the community that are also public in the community. And you would never expect that they would be struggling with some of these things. And they're embarrassed, which they shouldn't be. There should be no shame in what anybody's going through right now. But it can be really difficult to navigate something like that when you never thought that that would be what you'd be going through you know, being able to pay basic bills and, and stuff. And so, so it can be hard to relate to some of the other admin. I mean, just on that one level, it can be challenging because the pressure of having so many neighbors, you know, expressing suicidal ideation or threats, you know, of violence towards neighbors or, or just economic disparity. How do you carry that? Very carefully. (laughs) Yeah. Um, was it was it comforting to hang out with those people though who who uh, at the at the conference who 
we're probably like-minded, you know, where you all are community focused in a certain way, even though they come from different backgrounds and everything. But was it nice to be around so many people who are interested in the same things that you are? It was amazing. Yes, absolutely. Um, because it's like going from zero to a hundred on, you also do this. Do you? Right. Um, it's like meeting a bunch of people that, you know, have very similar interests and, mm-hmm. you know, full gas ahead on lots of different things. And, um, and this was in 2019 when, when we were flown out. And so our community specifically was, was obviously still, you know, navigating this economic challenge. And, and one of some of our biggest um, challenges in group at that time were when the church, when the local church wanted people wanted to allow like three cars to park their overnight parking for, for that didn't have housing. And, mm-hmm. and that really exploded in group. And so that was a, that was a challenge, but we weren't facing the challenges that we're facing now mm-hmm. <laughs> after pandemic. And, and so it's been kind of a, a um, interesting ride because now connecting with so many other community leaders and group admin from around the country and around the world who are also navigating how do you talk to your neighbors about a global pandemic that affects us in our communities, you know? And um, so that's, it, it's been, it's been amazing, but it has been able to connect and, um, and kind of have that camaraderie with so many people who do have so many shared experiences is amazing. So one thing I've been super curious about is let's say I'm in in your group and somebody posts something and I'm really upset about it and I post a comment that does include name calling and negative sarcasm because I'm having a really crappy day and I'm taking it out on this comment section. What does it look like to bring that from my space of inappropriate expression to a more healthy situation? Good question. How do you fix me? <laughs> yeah, it does depend. Um, so if you're directly calling another na- another neighbor a name, then, and depending on how severe the name is and just depending on what that neighbor wants, we're not going to allow direct member kind of bullying or name calling. You know, from an admin stance, we would, you know, delete the comment potentially mute you. And then when we delete the comment or mute, we can give feedback saying that's just completely inappropriate. We don't name call. However, if it's kind of more of a generalized, um, everyone sucks or whatever, Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, we'll try and redirect that communication. Well, we have very specific guidelines. So we'll post the guidelines as far as no name calling and using I statements. So when you, I feel, um, or we'll just try and redirect it with, uh, with sandwiching is a big one. Mm-hmm. So a big one. And I always forget that one. Well, I don't always forget it. I sometimes forget it. And I try and remember it more. Sandwiching is where you start out just saying, hi, how are you? Like mm-hmm. how's your day <laughs> or, or connecting with somebody and then maybe putting in a response or a redirection and then also ending kind of on a connection or at least a um, olive branch of, you know, I know it might be a difficult time or, or this is stressful. And oftentimes people do redirect themselves or they, we have so many neighbors that 
redirect each other or kind of just I, redirect is maybe not the best word, but just kind of steer people back onto a, hey, we're trying to just have this conversation about this difficult subject. Um, here's, you know, maybe where we can shift gears. So if it's a if it's a direct attack on somebody or, you know, somebody's posting somebody's address or, you know, something that clearly crosses the line, we'll delete it and we'll potentially mute someone. You really have to do a lot to get removed from group, <laughs> like really a lot. And the reason for that being is because we've seen so many members over five years, I've seen so many members that came into group so hot because we all know the internet sometimes is just, uh, it's just where you <laughs> let it all out. <laughs> and so people oftentimes came in with that let it all out attitude. I'm just gonna say whatever I think and I don't care how rude it is because it's kind of faceless, nameless. Yes. And we've been able, I've seen so many members progress from that to really talking to their neighbors as their neighbors, you know, and really communicating well. And so we don't want to remove anybody from group because we want, these are still our neighbors. We want to be able to form relationships that are healthy inside group and outside group. So and that's one thing I think is really neat about this group is that there are plenty of other groups that maintain order. You know, they have their rules and they will kick you out at, at, at the drop of a hat. But this chit chat group isn't really like that. They go to Amy goes to uh, multiple steps to shepherd people through that communication process, and it's it's kind of neat where you people aren't giving up on you. You know, like you you could be a, the biggest jerk in the world, go into this group and come out actually kind of knowing that your neighbors do care about you a little bit. It's really neat. Amy, one word I heard you talk about before is accountability like holding each other accountable. Um, and I would say that that's probably something that's missing from most comment sections. You know, instead of holding yourself and others accountable, it's a blaming, right? You're blaming somebody else and you're defending yourself. There's this blame and defense that's happening instead of this mutual accountability. And so I just, I'm so amazed by the ability to because really what you're really doing is like teaching people how to be nice to each other <laughs> and and it's usually not because people don't want to be mean to each other but when we're feeling a lot of things and there's not a real human face in front of us it's so easy to just let that communication turn into you know a more of a selfish vent than actual communication so that's the thing that i think i'm the most in awe of within your group is your ability to change the way that people are seeing themselves and each other in regards to communication so um after just telling you how wonderful you are, Amy, and the group that you've built, I want to know from your perspective what some of the best things are that you've seen coming from the group over the past year or so. That's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I think with all of the challenges that our neighbors have faced, the opposite end of that is how the community has stepped up to address all of those challenges in ways that amaze me every single day. So that is, it's, that's what fuels me, I think, is seeing that when we have, um, you know, so many need, so many needs in the community, some, we have just as much or more people that step up 
to help address those needs. For instance, during the fire evacuations, um, when we had 40,000 people in our community evacuated, you know, we had Love One Milwaukee, Storyline, um, Free Threads Milwaukee. We had, uh, I also hesitate to name some because I know I will miss them. <laughs> Please DM me and I will try and in comments or, um, but United Methodist Church um, and Milwaukee Lutheran, and there are so many individual, too many individual community members, neighbors to name, but, and those are just some of the organizations, nonprofits and churches that stepped in and they not only, you know, addressed the community and met needs, but they coordinated with each other and they did a lot of that in groups. So a lot of those um, nonprofits and churches and organizations, we also kind of talk to each other and we're also trying to build more of a structure that we can partner with kind of this online community, you know, the small town feel that we can have more um, structure to be able to meet the community needs. But just the amazing part is that with all of the nonprofits and churches and organizations that have stepped up to meet community needs, individual neighbors have too. So if, mm. if, if there's a gap somewhere and just somebody needs something, being able to watch in your feed, somebody ask for something and then a neighbor that maybe has never met that person in person, you know, in real life just says, okay, yeah, I'll drop off diapers at your house. <laughs> you know, like yeah. that's pretty amazing. And it, and it, um, it fills kind of your heart with joy and, and to see so much, so much of the community coming together. And I mean, the, the fires were an example, but the pandemic, everything, the economic crisis that we've been through, just it's the members, it's the community, it's the passion in our community. That's why, you know, our admin team was flown out to Facebook too, was because of our members, because of the way that our community, I mean, just Milwaukee, you know, our, our whole area here, we, there's a lot of passion and a lot of drive to help support each other and being able to watch that in group and see it every day is, um, has been amazing. What about some of the challenges? <clears throat> what are some of the things that have really been heavy for you or difficult for you to navigate as you've been growing and, and managing this group? Well, um, <laughs> well, I would say real life harm is probably one of the biggest challenges. So it's a, it's a wait for the admin team and our community members because they see it too to see if A, a community member is, is struggling or B, somebody, you know, is threatening violence or, or, or suggesting that another neighbor shoot somebody that's on their property. Um, or when we have, you know, missing kids or missing adults, or when we have, uh, you know, bomb threats like in the community or, or um, you know, kind of scares in different areas or car crashes, accidents, police activity, navigating what's appropriate to immediately post online is, is a huge weight because when you're allowing neighbors to, who are just, you know, trying to share information with their neighbors, there's no, oftentimes there's no ill intent, but if you're taking pictures of police activity that might put those police or other community members in danger because you're immediately in real time putting up a neighborhood you know group and somebody that maybe shouldn't be seeing what's happening is seeing it um that's challenging so we've had to create 
a lot of guidelines for, you know, posting about accidents or police activity in real time um, or or what's allowed to be posted. If, you know, if we also have to navigate stalking and, and different mm. um Thing. So, so somebody's car gets stolen. Well, we require you to put a police report number in, in that post, not because we don't believe that your car wasn't stolen, but because we don't want to take on as admin, we don't want to take on the responsibility or, or just even the emotional responsibility. I'm not saying legal liability, but we just don't want to take on the emotional responsibility um, or have to verify every claim. So if, for some reason, somebody was just trying to crowdsource to locate their ex girlfriend, boyfriend, whoever. Sure. And they put up this car and say it was stolen. We want some kind of accountability and protections in place for that. And so, you know, posting even home video of somebody taking stuff. Well, that could be a roommate that's just moving out and somebody is mad. So, so that accountability piece of you need to include the police report number. You need to include where should, and, and also we try and guide people. If you have information, please don't just put it in the threads, call and report it to the police. <laughs> don't want who, you know, somebody to retaliate and see, oh, you're going to, you know, say that it's me or, or make a false accusation. Maybe they're, you know, maybe they're wrong and it's not that person. So trying to build guy, like we, I do get a, we do get some fair amount of pushback from members who maybe just haven't been in there long enough or seen enough situations or don't have the context that we have 20 pages of guidance. Yes. <laughs> and the reason every single one of those guidelines, every single one has come from a real situation in the community, a real challenge that we've had to navigate. So our admin team talks with the chief of police, with the mayor, with the Milwaukee Police Department, with the city council, you know, and coordinates on a, and nonprofits and, you know, small businesses on a regular basis to try and build an online community that works for, the best that it can for everyone. So it's not going to be perfect and it's not going to be perfect every time. I do think members eventually kind of understand what the intent behind some of the rules are. So like at first it can feel for a member if they post, um, you know, Hey, somebody stole this package off my porch. Here's a video. And then it gets deleted or, or they get, you know, say you have to do this. It can feel to them like, well, I'm not lying, you know, but then after they kind of, take a moment and think about it from a bigger community perspective. Like we're doing this for the whole good of the community. And then they can kind of take a step back and say, yeah, I get that. Like it makes more sense when we're thinking of it as, you know, what's best for the whole community and, and not having to like individually vet every single post. And, um, and, but that does go back to account accountability versus blame and shame. Mm-hmm. I did want to touch on that because I think you mentioned that earlier. Uh, accountability is really important when we're talking about healthy communication. And it's really, really challenging to navigate what's accountability versus shame or blame. And shame is is a tough one because sometimes people can mistake shame for accountability. And sometimes people can mistake accountability for shame. And so wow, trying yeah. to separate that, you know, if... if if you call someone a name in group and then someone holds you accountable for using that language towards another neighbor, that's not shame, that's accountability. 
but how it's done is also important. So, so if someone is calling you a name back, now that's not appropriate, but, but just drawing attention or accountability um, it, to try and navigate the difference between the two is, is important. I loved your advice on, on sandwiching um, because I think it brings back that human element that is missing sometimes. We, that's one of the things that we focus on the most, even from, from a brand perspective, right? Because we represent a lot of brands on social media. And so often their goal is sales, 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 sales. And we've got to tell them, remember, this, this is social media where we are connecting with human beings. So I understand that you would like to get a return and that's appropriate. However, we have to talk to people as if they're people, you know, and so having a uh, human greeting <laughs> and then your next post being maybe some content about details about your product. And then your next post is more entertaining, right? It's another human connection kind of post. And so seeing that kind of brought into play in each comment, right? Sandwiching each comment with something human on both ends to remind people that they're talking to people. Um, that's, that's brilliant. I haven't thought about sandwiching in that way before. And I just, it lights me up. So you hit the nail on the head. One of the main, I think even the main goals of group and, and of our community is to support small businesses because small businesses are the backbone of our community, of our country, really. People being able to start, start a small business is, is part of the American dream or support small businesses. And so that piece right there, we talk about that a lot uh, in our guidelines for uh, advertising for small businesses, which is we want people, we don't allow small business um, pages to join the group. We allow nonprofit pages and government pages, but we don't okay. allow uh, small business pages. And the reason for that is we want the owners, the workers, the employees of the businesses to join the community and, and to participate with the community, to get to know their neighbors. And that can be uncomfortable because we kind of evolved into the society where, you know, the head of different companies or, or businesses are detached from oftentimes from the community. And we want to build support naturally. And that, that is a double-edged sword, but that's also what we have very specific guidelines for feedback for businesses, because we don't want to have, we want to be able to support our local small businesses and have some avenue for accountability, but we have very specific guidelines on members need to reach out to the business first to see if, you know, if they have a complaint or feedback, um, they can't just come into group and just start, you know, and then also you can't rag on an employee who didn't give you great service. Sure. That's a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I think that that piece too of, of supporting our local small businesses and giving them, you know, and micro businesses. So mm -hmm. just, you know, where you start the little uh, masks. I mean, we've had entire, so many members make almost entire businesses out of just making masks and yeah. or so, so a lot of those small businesses can get starts you know, get their footing in groups like this and they can get so much support from their neighbors just by participating with them by being neighbors. And yeah, we would call it, we'd probably call it like just by being present, you know, it's, it's 
so much easier to connect with another human and want to support another human than hiding behind a brand and and trying to build a relationship with a faceless brand, you know? So I, I love the way that it sounds like you're doing that. Um, very smart. Um, as we're kind of getting closer to the end here, Chad, I know that we had a couple of questions that came through our Facebook group. Our group is specifically focused on social media managers. So anybody managing social media pages who need community and support. And we posed, we let them know that we were going to have you, Amy, on the show this week. And um, so we got a couple of questions in there from them for you. So Chad, can you can you ask a couple of those that maybe we didn't get to? Sure. This first one was by a fellow named Chad, and uh, I would like to get my own question in first. Actually. <laughs> um, but my question is, you know, as we know, all communities are unique. And so a zip code in central Oregon is going to be made up of people of vastly different circumstances than the one located in downtown Portland. So do you see that this uh, 97267, 97222 model could be transferable uh, to other parts of the world, even, um, say, 97801, which is Pendleton, you know, do you see moderators there adopting some of the practices that you've put in place? You see that as being successful? Absolutely. Absolutely. So in a lot of the, this actually just happened in um, one of the admin groups that I'm in, a member was an admin was kind of just at their wit's end as far as trying to have a really difficult political conversation, but just not knowing how. And I real quick shot her off um, our main two communication guidelines. Um, communication guidance, I try and say guidance because it's not hard and Rules. fast. I mean, it's what, mm. what, what works, you know, what's effective. Uh, and then the how to talk about politics and difficult subjects. So those are the two main kind of core slides. And I sent them off to her and she, her response was like, this is exactly what I needed. Like, she's like, it's serendipity because I was just praying for something like guidance. Like, how do I help my community get through this? And so I think that communication is universal. I mean, yeah. and it doesn't mean that every single strategy is perfect for every single community, because clearly there's some communities that can maybe push something in one direction or need to tighten up more in another. Um, but I think overall, a lot of the practices and a lot of the, uh, just a lot of the kind of guidance and rules can be duplicated over and over in lots of different communities. So yeah, I think um, I think the communication piece, I think across the entire internet. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> can we put can we put Amy in charge of uh, Facebook's community guidelines? Like <laughs> yeah. you gotta be running things down there. Yeah, I wouldn't mind um, <laughs> wouldn't mind taking a crack at that. <laughs> I think you could do it. <laughs> I think so too. Um, another question is from uh, Lindy. She says, what were the early hiccups that you had to work through to create this success that you have now? All of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, there it's hard to imagine a scenario that we didn't go through. And I, mm -hmm. oh my goodness, if I, I just knock on wood, I mean, <laughs> I do, I'm not asking the universe to please give me any, anything else. Um, but really the the amount of things that we've had to navigate we've learned a lesson or 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 tried to navigate tried to walk through them um and 
I have to give credit to a lot of our longtime and active members because every single time that that our community came up against, you know, something that we hadn't faced before, like the hospital being shut down because there's an active shooter or reports of an active shooter. And then everybody comes into group and wants to post like active shooter and a, we want to verify. So we had policy in place. We developed policy to verify with the police before we allow those posts to turn on post approval to have one main you know post for people to be able to get that information so that it doesn't become kind of a you know guessing game of what's accurate information and what's not and so yeah <laughs> does that answer your question yeah i mean it sounds like to me i i would imagine that some of the more difficult hiccups would be things that include, you've talked about things that include law enforcement many times where it's like all of a sudden you have to be the gatekeeper for what, for legal matters. And so as soon as it goes wrong once, you're like, all right, we're not doing that again. Here's our guideline. You know, here's what we're going to put in place for that. And it seems like that would probably be something that you did have to kind of learn over time how you decide what to do with those situations. Like you said, creating one post where people can comment on it, getting verification from law enforcement before you actually go forward with something like that. I'm sure there were mistakes along the way that led to those guidelines being being brought out. And I have to give credit to a lot of our community members because over and over, over five years, I, when I was stuck or when the admin team was kind of stuck or, or like navigating a situation, how, what do we do? Uh, we would pose the, the question to the community and we would get wonderful advice, wonderful response. And so the community really has been a part of building a lot of the mm. structure of group which has been amazing because we are drawing from people who have different experiences and expertise in all different areas. And it's not perfect. It's not always mm -hmm. you know, the right. So we have to adjust a little something. How smart. Mm -hmm. So it's not even like it just came down from the hammer of Amy. It's right. like, you know, it's, it's crowdsourced based on your people so that they're buying in as well because they were part of the collaborative uh, creation of those guidelines. I hadn't even really thought of that. I thought it more like Amy the Hammer, you know, <laughs> but it's not that at all. It's it's also neighboring community groups. So Oregon City Chit Chat or um, Can Be Now or I mean, I, now I'm naming and I'm going to forget some. And <laughs> there's so many neighboring admins who also, you know, we talk and and they've been through something. So they do something, you know, respond to it in a certain way. And so we all kind of, it's a collaborative effort to try and just carve out this new online social media, because this is relatively still new. We're building digital communities and, and, it, and that are tied to our real life neighborhoods that are tied to our real life lives and that come with real life benefits and real life challenges. So um, this whole, it's still relatively new though. So drawing from everybody's experience and trying to carve out guidelines that work for everybody, or at least are for more the betterment of, of the whole group of the whole community. It's challenging, but it's very worth it. Like it's, you get to see so much good and you get to see so many people help each other. So. One question from Rachel at the Space Group. She says, would you do it all over again if you could? From the very beginning. Take a drink before that one. <laughs> uh, without a doubt, yes. Yay. <laughs> I would. I knew you'd say that. It was really, it, you know, it was 
and it was challenging because there I can't there's times where I just cried you know like it, it can a lot of crying <laughs> and what's so weird too is that every time almost every single time that you know it was like emotional breakdown because a community member can't afford a medical something or a bill or is about to be evicted and either they're posting or direct messaging or tagging and people are desperate for resources or there's just a fracture in the community about how to try to address the problem or or you know all of the different things that we've been through um almost every single time out of the blue there will be a, a different community member a neighbor who will direct message me and be like hey are you okay <laughs> you know or they just know right and it's just different and i've done that too for like because uh, i have to say like um level in milwaukee they really address some of the direct needs of our community and so many of the organizations that do that some so many of the people that volunteer to do that work it, it can be a lot it, you know and so i've done that too where i randomly messaged somebody just because i felt like they just needed you're doing a good job keep going <laughs> so absolutely a hundred percent a thousand times over i would do this with everybody again you know i'm, I'm glad that we've made the progress that we have and that we've um you know navigated through everything that we have and we're i'm grateful we are where we are now (laughs) any other questions there you want to go through you know most of them were addressed you know um yeah here's my last question well before my real last question uh do you ever just go hide (laughs) under the blankets and pretend nothing exists so you don't have to be responsible for everything (laughs) i try I do. I try sometimes, uh, but I, I go into protection mode when our community is in crisis and it just fuels me because I just want to make sure that everybody is okay, that my neighbors are okay. And it's been a lot of that, you know, so it, it, that fuels me. I mean, it gets me up every single morning and it carries me through every single day. It's just seeing that, people are able to get their needs met or build towards something that hopefully will be easy, you know, just better. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I always like to end our podcast with one question. Um, Social media for good, you know, certainly means how we, how we use the platforms that we've built and, you know, the kind of messaging we put out and the kind of connections we build between people. But it also has to do with our own relationship with social media and the platforms as a whole. So I want to know from you specifically, Amy, how, how is your relationship with social media? How, how are you two doing? (laughs) How you doing? (laughs) Good question. Um, That's a complicated question complicated complicated is my answer i it's a actually i just posted my fifth grade um (laughs) report that i did on computers and my teacher had said i didn't caption some of the pictures so i i recaptioned them and one is you know a character that's just beating the computer and then the other image is like i cut and pasted out of a magazine a picture of a computer and and a bubble with like a magician and a magician wand and those two images, 28 years later, are pretty much <laughs> how I feel about computers, social media, you know, where all of this has, has kind of evolved and gone to. It's 
it is, you know, two things can be true, seemingly opposite and true at the same time. And that is also the case with my relationship with social media. Sometimes you want to take a hammer to it. And sometimes you think this is beautiful. It's magic. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's amazing. Um, those two truths, those two truths at the same time, all the time pulling at each other, you know. Well, we are so grateful for the time that you spent with us. We are, we are, I feel like I am much more equipped to do my job after talking to you. I really do. Um, You know, we go around and we talk, talk, talk all the time about how to do things the right way. And to have somebody who is really exemplifying that and to give us details about how they're doing it is, it's extremely rewarding for us to be able to have you and learn from you. And um, we're very grateful for your time. Um, We're also, of course, grateful for anybody who is listening in. And um, we will post the video of the podcast as well on some of our channels. So if you want to get any more information, um, uh, maybe you want to pick Amy's brain a little bit. You can't get in her Facebook group unless you're in the zip code. So too bad. (laughs) We we tried during our research phase. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So you can find us at Think Spry on all the social channels and the Spry space facebook group we'll be discussing our conversation with amy within that group as well maybe amy we can um, bring you in there and people can ask a couple follow-up questions after everything's published if that would be okay yeah absolutely okay great yes thank you so much chad amy and everybody listening we hope you have a great rest of your day and we hope that you keep learning we will talk to you soon bye-bye This SpySpace podcast is brought to you by Spry Social Media Marketing, digital marketing agility, edited by Chad Hinman and executive produced by Lazy Flott.